So, Ashley, we usually do uh, with this best of 2020 wrap up, red pens out, grading everything. I let you go first, so we're going to continue that trend. So, Connor, what you got on your list? Let's go. Okay, so the first uh, artist and the first album I have on my list is someone I didn't know that existed before, I don't know, maybe April or June. Um, it's Slow Pulp. Uh, the album is uh, Movies, M-O-V-E-Y-S. And they are one of those bands that kind of sound like a late 90s, early 2000s, uh, dream pop, indie, indie rock kind of band. But I definitely think they put their own spin on it and they use those ideas to advance uh, you know, their own vision of what they want to do. And Falling Apart was, I think, one of the first singles that came out. And I just fell in love with it. It's just so sweet. The music video is gorgeous. It's, it's a collage of uh, the band members and everything. And it's just, uh, I fell in love with that song a few months ago. And I've just been playing it ever since. And the album is incredible as well. Uh, songs like uh, Not Just Falling Apart, but Montana and Idaho is a, is a state's theme here, I guess. But uh yeah, it's just they, their melodies are so sweet. It's easy to listen to. Like, you know, those bands that you listen to that, you know, sound like something from the past and you and you listen and you go, OK, I get it. Like, I know what this sounds like. I know what they're doing, but it doesn't really hit that nerve. It's not really like it's not really landing. But these guys land, you know, like you can tell who their influences are and where they're getting their inspiration. But at the same time, it it feels fresh. It feels new. Um, at times and it's like wow this is just really nice this just feels like a a breath of fresh air is as i know it's a cliche term but it does feel really nice to listen to uh, a band that i think uses their influences in a new way um so i'm excited to continue listening to this album and then hopefully you know when shows come back uh go see them i don't know where they're from but i i will i will go see them because they're a lot of fun yeah, there's something to that because when I had a Joe Trainer from Dummy and Wild Honey, we had this conversation about influences and wearing influences on your sleeve. But he brought up a good point. Like even the people that a certain artist is influenced by, their influences were influenced by somebody. Like currently, there's Peel Dream Magazine. You know, mm-hmm. shoegazy, Stereolab isk sounds. But My Bloody Valentine, Cocktoo Twins, Stereolab, Noi. You know what I mean? Like everyone is inspired from something like now there's a band. I don't know if you know about them. I think I told you about them. Meet me at the altar. They sound mm-hmm. like the aughts pop punk fueled by ramen, but from a black person's perspective and even like the punk sound is very black in and of itself. So yeah, it sounds like the past, but it's, it's, it's something fresh to it. It's something organic about it, you know? Yeah. It's got that spin on it that um, if you dig deep, you're like, Oh, I, I see. I know where they're coming from. But at the same time, someone could listen to this, and think, wow, this is uh, incredible. This is new, you know. Even someone who, you know, is is very into that, you know, older style of music. Like if someone's really into late '90s shoegaze or indie pop or indie rock, they could listen to this and think, okay, I think, okay, I see. This is good. I see what they're doing. They're putting a fresh perspective on it, a fresh spin. And um, I think that's the key. I mean, taking your, I guess, wearing your inspiration on your sleeve, but also having your own thing to say and not just rehashing something that they said 20, 30, 40 years ago, because that's a big, uh, that's a big thing in any sort of revivalism. Um, but it can be done well. I mean, look at Ty Seagal, like he's, he's, uh, he plays, you know, garage rock that you might've heard 20, 30, you know, years ago, but he does it really well. I don't hear Ty Seagal and think, 
oh, he's just doing, he's just doing this or he's just doing that. Um, you know, he wears his inspiration on his sleeve, but he does it in his way. It's Thai Seagal. So um, yep. there's a way to do it. And I think Slowpoke, they do it really well. And they're new. They're, they're fresh. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of new and fresh, uh, the first thing on my list, Drew Citron from Beverly. And she put out a solo album, Free Now, and it's absolutely stunning. And it's very romantic, heartbreaking, and also very bright. Like, it's coming from a emotive, sad place, but the the output is very shiny and bright, which is what we know from Drew, hearing Beverly and seeing them live a bunch of times. And the, the lyrics on it are very poetic and ambiguous. Like, you know she's ta- referring to some sort of breakup, but there's no specific indicator as to what she's talking about specifically you know um my favorite song from it is dead on arrival and she does this exactly like you're listening to everything she's saying you're like oh my god i feel that even though i don't know what she's talking about exactly Mm -hmm. so what's next on your list uh next for me is uh idols uh ultra mono i have uh uh this album came out i think in um late September, uh, like late September 26 or something like that. So it, it's, it's pretty fresh, but, uh, idols is a band that I've always appreciated. Uh, I don't know, maybe not from a distance, but I've never, I've never seen them live. I never really listened to their albums full through. I kind of only liked a few songs and I was like, okay, I appreciate what they're doing. And I, I do love certain songs, but ultra mono was the first one that I, I really just dove headfirst into when I loved every second of it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like punchy, fiery and it's kind of like it's kind of like running doing a sprint or doing like a 10k through like you know miles of hot coals it just it feels that frenetic and very um energetic and and um nihilistic as well it's um it's just such a fun album i mean songs like war war i I think is the first song and it just starts with like oh my god it's like a punch in the face i think the promo material for this album was someone getting hit in the face with a big pink bubble and uh it looks good yeah it looked painful but it or you know whatever but war is kind of like that you know when you hear that first um that for the first drum beats the drum the drums in the first song war sound like something you'd hear on a place to bury strangers record particularly ah. like transfixiation um or something like that is definitely a place to bury strangers-esque and they know each other too i mean a place to bury strangers has toured with idols and i was listening to an interview Oliver was doing with the two guys in Idols, and uh, they were saying, "Yeah, you know, we 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 have Death by Audio effects pedals here, and like we definitely took a lot from you guys." So there is a connection there, and I think that's why I liked this so much because they have that mix between like uh, like hardcore punk and and shoegaze as well, uh, but it all comes together and blends into this like you know molten, fiery, just you know nonstop um, marathon of, of of intensity and. Uh, like war, like I said, the first track is is fantastic. Uh, Danka, which is the last one, uh, is just incredible. The drums, oh my god, you got to hear the drums in the last part of that song. It's just, I was I was running and listening to that song for the listening to the album for the first time, and I heard that and I heard those drums and I had to stop running. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> you got to yeah. send me this. Yeah, you're, it, you're a drummer, so you saying this kind of makes me want to listen to it. Yeah, it's just, I can't even, it was just, it was like massive. I mean, think like Steve Albini drums. Oh, uh, man. Mi- mixed with like, mixed with the Place to Bury Strangers. And uh, uh, yeah, and maybe some Ty Seagal, um, Slaughterhouse era um, guitars. 
So it's just, it really was a perfect mix of everything. Um, so yeah, War, Danka, Mr. Motivator is a great one, and Model Village, which are my top uh, four tracks on that album. And it's it's got a lot of replay, replay value as well. I think they're going on tour in uh, at the end of next year, ho hopefully, but uh, they are going on tour soon. So definitely, look, have, you, have you checked out um, um, the album? No, I've seen on a lot of uh, Spotify wrapped, but I must... Oh yeah, I should, I should definitely check them out. Like every other person I talked to is like, yeah, idols, idols, idols. And I'm like, I just never got around to listening to them. But you know, I'll give them a listen. So the next on my list, two artists to me that represent the New South. And I'm gonna start with Flo Millie. She put out her debut mixtape, Ho Why Is You Here? That's probably album title of the year. And this is another case of a mixtape that sounds like an album. I thought it was a full length album, but it's just you know, I guess a teaser before her actual full-length uh, debut. And she's from Mississippi, and she went viral on TikTok, which is kind of the case for a lot of Gen Z rappers these days. Mm -hmm. And it has a, a bombastic, energetic, charismatic tone to this. Tons of attitude, but to be taken seriously. It's not like a novelty. It's not something silly. or It's very like, wow, okay, Flamili is here. And... This is this album is also interesting because it's only 12 songs, clocking it at 30 minutes, and it's not following the trend of stream era rap where it's like tons of filler, no killer, 25, mm -hmm. 30 songs, and two are good. And this is not the case at all. And the artist on, on my list after Full Millie, same idea. So who's next in yours? Um, I wanted to say I I actually I um, kind of seen Flo Millie on like my in my peripherals like from TikTok and I didn't know she was she's 20 yeah 20 years yeah. old that's insane um, but yeah I mean that's like the case with with so many um, so much of Gen Z's uh, you know so many Gen Z musicians they're they're super young and they're blowing up on TikTok and which is a fantastic medium to just get get your shit out there basically um, uh, so for me another another artist that I, I didn't know existed before maybe two or three months ago uh, her name is phoebe green the uh it, it came out pretty recently and this isn't a full album but it's a, it's a single with four or five tracks on it so it um spotify calls it an album and um it's 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 great it's got a good um sound it's called i can't cry for you it's kind of a stripped back minimal sounding uh album with instrumentation that's very very uh not mellow but but um but bare bones and in a way that it works and um, the the vocal overtones are very spooky and ominous, and uh, it just it just makes this EP a pretty big one. It makes it's pretty standout for me. I think it definitely she definitely has her own sound. I mean, uh, reinvent was one was the song that I found a few months ago that really just kind of not not blew me away, but made me you know take a step back and go, wow, this is this is is uh, really interesting. I haven't really heard anything like this before. And her vocal delivery is super deadpan and and very um, very. Uh, straightforward so it 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 felt it felt nice to hear that um in addition to reinvent on that album uh, or ep uh the other one that i love is a world i forgot i could i could kind of go into more uh songs that are like on that album but i'd be listing the whole album because there's four songs on it but uh yeah reinvent in a world i forgot which is half the album but uh definitely definitely need to check that out and she's someone who i think we're going to be seeing a lot more of uh in the coming months and maybe years you know and she's uh, English, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think she's English. So uh, she's really cool. Speaking of artists that 
you're going to hear about real, real soon, Mulatto. And she's definitely part of the wave that I just talked about of the New South, like her and Flo Millie. And Mulatto comes from Clayton County, Georgia, and her debut full-length album, Queen of the South. And both Mulatto and Flamilia signed to RCA, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about Queen of the South is that you have veterans and current stars of the South, 21 Savage, Gucci, Trina, and City Girls. And she all has incredible chemistry with them. And it's almost like they all know that Mulatto is part of the new wave of the South. And it's almost like a passing of the torch situation going on here. And just like Andre 3000 said, the South still has something to say 25 years after Andre said that famous speech at the, well, not speech, utterance, if you will, at the Source Awards at Madison Square Garden of all places. And he was booed vociferously. And now he's considered to be one of the best rappers ever. And the thing about Mulatto, same with Full Millie, they do not follow the modern stream rap trends. 13 songs clocking in at 31 minutes, all killer, no filler. And love that. I love that. It's very replayable. And it let me, you know, feeling that I needed more from Mulatto, but I'm glad, I'm happy with this album right now. She doesn't need to put out something in a year or six months. You know, she, she should take her time with. Now it's like you can't do anything now as a musician besides put out music, but just take your time and, you know, before you put put out the next thing. Um, yeah. Favorite songs from this, Queen of the South, the remix with uh, uh, Sweeties on this and Trina, great stuff. Youngest and Richest, probably one of the best intro songs um, of the year. Incredible. And uh, He Say, She Say, great stuff. What's next on yours? Wow, 31 minutes, 13 songs. That's, oh, that, yeah. that's efficient, but like... Like in a good way. That's like noble. Here it is. Um, you know, take it or leave it. That's that's. I love that. You know, when artists can be that succinct in their songwriting and their songs, you're like, this is it. Here you go. And and yeah, like you said, it's all you can really do now is record and release music in whatever way you can. And uh, even that in and of itself is a feat because making anything under these circumstances is, oh my god, you know. Um, but uh, but you know, if that was recorded. Uh, during quarantine, when all this started, the next artist I want to talk about is uh, uh, Proto Martyr, and they recorded this album, uh, I think, a year, year and a half uh, before now. You know, like uh, 2019, maybe somewhere around that time. But the thing is, uh, the lyrics and the sound uh, of this album, called um, uh, it's called Ultimate Success Today, uh, still sounds very, very pertinent to to today's society and, and to the world we live in now which is crazy. Proto Martyr has always really had that nihilistic, straightforward, um, you know, post-punk sound. And I think on this album, they really expand on that and like, you know, delve and develop that sound a lot more. Um, so I love the nihilism they have. The, the Proto Martyr sound is is still there. It's kind of, it's more expanded. They have an ensemble, you know, there's like, you know, instruments, more instruments included on this recording, which I love. Um, so I love it. I mean, Proto Martyr, I found them a few years back in 2015. I don't know what album that was, but I just love the sound. They're continuing with that sound here. And uh, the songs that I'm, I'm really into are uh, I Am You Now, June 21st, and uh, Michigan Hammers. So I think Proto Martyr is definitely someone, if you love post-punk, if you love that sort of nihilistic strip back, maybe Gang of Four-esque uh, kind, of, uh, kind of feeling and sound, uh, Proto Martyr is definitely someone definitely a band that people are going to enjoy and especially this new album i think they really take a step forward in their sound uh with this with this new attempt so um i just i love it 
if this was a playlist, the show that we're doing, mm-hmm. it would be the most wild and oh my god, yeah. oh my god, full Millie yeah. into Proto Martyr. It's like oh my goodness, it's like a DJ's nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like if you can make if you can make if a DJ can make uh, that all this all these songs flow like oh my god, they're the best DJ because it's hard to <laughs> yeah. make it's hard to make songs flow that are in one genre, you know. But uh, um, yeah, I do like those playlists that are like all over the place, though. Like th- those, maybe it's my attention span is like shit. But um, like I, I love hearing you know go from one thing to another, completely different genres. It's just kind of interesting to hear that. It has to work, but I definitely think this would make that we should make a playlist of this. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm up to it. Yeah. If you listen to like WFUV, you'll hear Charlie Bliss, and then you'll hear um uh, kendrick lamar or something yeah. like that like it's just very just out of whack and i love that i think that's oh, yeah. so great so the next artist on my list uh nana ajoa her debut album big dreaming ants and all the way from amsterdam she's uh, Ghanaian uh, as well and she adds a much needed soul to the indie rock sound very introspective lyrics questioning nationalism and social media expression this album is void of any kind of Ivy League-ism, which we know a lot of indie bands, the blog bands, just mm-hmm. have a touch of, of Ivy League. You know, we, we had time to make this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's no had, no real struggle here. You know, no, a, no offense to those bands. We, but, had, a, you know we had a budget, you know? We, we had, had a, a producer. We got connections. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm not. I was gonna. I was gonna say an artist, but I'm not. I'm not gonna leave it out. Of course. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of my favorite songs on here: um, "National Song" and "No Room." And "National Song" specifically is very. It kind of touches upon nationalism. What does it mean to just? Because you know we've seen the last few years or so just this overwhelming sense of belonging to country and not a kind of just touches on that and just kind of reflects on that idea and it's very interesting and on no room she kind of uses a lot of uh, vocal samples which i think are so cool and so catchy and infectious so if you're going to listen to uh any band-esque guitars and and what have you from a black woman this is it nana joa big dreaming ants what's next i gotta check that out speaking of, of of kind of um indie i guess you know uh i I wanted to talk about the band dead uh d-e-h-d the album i think it's yeah they're album yeah they got this album flowers of devotion came out uh, i believe in july so you know the beginning of the second half of the year and uh, it took me honestly i gotta say it took me a while to kind of like get used to this and get on get on this sort of sound because i heard it and i was like okay i get it you know it's it's not it's not the most amazing thing in the world, but you know, that's my exact reaction to that album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I liked it for what it was. I think I was expecting it to be because there was a lot of hype around it, and I was like, okay, this is going to be like this and you know. But it, it it wasn't, which is fine. It was just a pretty good album that, um, you know, did the best that it could within the the sound it's going for, and I think that's why I appreciate it the more I listen to it. So, Flowers of Devotion is the album. And um, it's, I, you know, I don't know if this comparison makes sense, but I felt like it was part cure, part tears for tears for fears, but in a stripped back indie kind of way, um, I could listen to in a month and, and totally retract that and like think, oh, what I was thinking, what was I thinking? That's not at all it. But uh, yeah, cure and tears for fears is kind of the sound that I got, but like in a very stripped back, um, you know, uh, indie way, I guess. And uh, I thought it was a really nice mix of that, like spacey 
80s twinged uh, melodies with like the space and the structure to keep it stuck in your head like it definitely it definitely doesn't blend into everything else that I've heard coming from bands within that genre it does stand out and I, I do appreciate that um, I do go back to it because I definitely think it's also it's also a, an album that uh, fits really well for for um, you know a specific kind of mood like melancholy overcast which you know has kind of been been the vibe uh lately so it's kind of it's kind of perfect for that and like those you know rainy sunday mornings and uh it's just nice to have on it it, it it's it's um i don't want to say middle of the road i think it definitely does um, a good job for what it's trying to do um but i appreciate it the more i listen to it so you know songs like loner flood and uh moonlight i appreciate them more and more so i think dead uh dehd for uh, for the listeners uh wanting to look this up uh, the album is Flowers of Devotion. I think it's definitely something worth checking out if you like those other bands. Yeah, I was I was a little middle of the road of this album. Like I like some of the singles on it more so than the full project, but maybe that'll change over time. But there's been so much music out that I've really, really enjoyed. And there's been a lot of projects that I've said, I might go back to that, but I just never did. But um, now with the year kind of wrapping up and... You know, there's nothing really to kind of, how do I say this? Like, there's nothing else that's going to come out this year that's going to, like, make me kind of um, ignore things that I've ignored or didn't return to, if that makes any sense. Because now there's, there's kind of a lull in, in the music industry now. There's not a lot of albums coming out um, because mm-hmm. it's the end of the year. But I guess this is the time now to listen to all the outliers that you might have missed uh, throughout the year. But anyway, yeah. Uh, next on my list, we have No Joy. Uh, the latest album, Motherhood. And I- I've called this uh, New Gaze because it's kind of a uh, Jasmine kind of breaking stereotypes of uh, the shoegaze sound. And they- they've tried that over the last couple of years in between their last full length, which-, which was like five years ago, and the EPs they did between. They're kind of just keeping the the etherealness, but kind of trying to add new bits and pieces and trying to uh, different ways of building out songs and uh, on this album specifically uh jasmine tries out sampling uh, different types of instrumentation that you wouldn't necessarily hear on a quote-unquote shoegaze album like banjos um and she's breaking a lot of subgenre barriers here um she has her ethereal sound with her mixed with her sister uh, Alyssa white gloves of arch enemy her metal aura so that came together so well here she took a lot of risk with, with this song because you know, No Joy and Arch Enemy, two different stratospheres, universes of, of sound. And it just came together so well uh, on this project. And you, it, it's a wild ride. There's a lot of things going on in this album. It's worth a listen. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty tight. I think it's not even like, you know, no more than like a half hour or so. Uh, definitely very replayable. And for anyone looking for like, ethereal sounding music that's not too ambient that has a little bit of body this is it this is the one yeah i i love i love that sound. it's hard to make certain sounds mix you know it's hard to it's hard to uh, do it well but i gotta check that out because i love when people like you know bend and break the barriers in genre uh to to kind of come up with a sound that really sounds unique and fresh and and i think more and more that's what i think i'm looking for i think what everyone's looking for um especially this year um, and speaking of ethereal, uh, the last album I have here is uh, uh, maybe expected, but Angel Olsen's whole new mess. Uh, I I liked. I, I'm forgetting 
what the album was that came out last year. I, I don't know why. I liked it. Uh, I saw her live, but that album was was much more electronic, you know, way uh, so, so much more produced. Um, Whole new mess was something that came out in the middle of the summer, I think, like maybe mid August, and it's just it's just the opposite of that. It's very stripped back. It's almost like uh, her doing a set in an you know acoustic set in a in a big auditorium. It just kind of has that space and ethereal energy to it, and I just I love that because that kind of matches the um, you know the uh, the vibe of, of, of the past few months just kind of uh um maybe a loneliness you know kind of a, an ethereal uh middle ground of like you know we're not here but we're not there like we're still in quarantine and this isn't over but it might be over soon so it's kind of that you know um liminal space of an album like it's it's kind of there in the middle and um i just i love this because she reimagines some songs that uh from her last album and before and you know throw some new ones on there like she has summer song which is on the last album uh impasse working for the name uh some of these songs translate so much so much better to acoustic than they do maybe even the original like i, I do love the originals of these songs but the translation to this just purely acoustic just angel doing it uh it's just it just sounds so gorgeous and heart-wrenching too i mean just hearing these songs strip back just kind of adds another layer of emotion to them and that i don't think you get either on a live setting with the other versions of these songs or the recorded versions of the of these uh, other songs. So I think she did an amazing job at, at sort of taking these songs and kind of presenting their their skeletons to us. And uh, that's what I love about this album. It's a, a whole new mess. It's bare bones, basic reimagining of these of her songs. And um, I'm I'm really I I maybe I like this album more than her last album because. I love Angel for for her voice and for kind of the, the melancholy of her songs. And this is kind of like that, like turned up to 11. Like it's it's really, it's really emotional. And um, I just, I love that. So it was kind of a, a nice surprise to get this year because she, she announced it. And then I think a month later she released it. I didn't, you know, no one really knew she was working on this. And, um, but it was nice to hear. And it was, it's definitely a, it's definitely something worth checking out if you like that kind of, you know, dreamy, atmospheric singer-songwriter kind of emotional, uh, emotional powerhouse music. You know, like it's it's definitely emotional, and I think it's worth checking out. Angel Olsen is the type that she doesn't try to repeat any kind of stereotype of her. Like you can't really pigeonhole her into anything, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I love about her. And when you look at My Woman from twenty sixteen, it's very summary very um energetic it rocks very hard and she released it you know in this most of her albums come out in the in summer and um and fall but her 2014 album came out in the winter time but she makes very winter-esque music but she tries something different every time you know it's a new adventure every time you hear angel olsen and the last artist on my list um i think this artist is on a three-peat i think Mm-hmm. Mr. Homeboy Sandman. For the last three years, he's been putting out incredible albums, back-to-back. 2018 was Humble Pie with Eden. It was on my best of 2018 list. Same with 2019's Dusty. And this year, we got Feed the Monster. This al- this is one of the best hip-hop albums of the year, or even the last five years, I, I would say. It is incredible. He's talking about he's getting through trauma, dealing with stress, keeping mental stability, and taking chances and risks as an independent artist and staying true to yourself. 
uh, this is like the hip hop album like I, I've needed. Like it's it breaks all stereotypes of what a hip hop album is. You know, it's not like like I don't mind the flashy stuff. I don't mind the, the egotistical showing off stuff. Look at my watch, and I, I don't mind that stuff. I think it's cool, but like this is a break from all of that. And he's very introspective, especially on tracks like Extinction. He's talking about, he's sharing criticisms of society, but includes himself in that criticism. Like he's throwing stones, but he's also a sinner himself, which is amazing. I love that. And I think Homeboy Sam, and he's on a roll here with his romantic songs, his songs about women. They're so non-toxic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a song, Waiting on My Girl, and it's very <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. And he doesn't use the word bitch to describe a woman. And it's fantastic. I think hip-hop has a big problem with that. Um, it still has a lot of misogyny in it that it needs to grow out of. And Homeboy Salmon is definitely growing out of that. And the song is basically a stereotype of, you know, it's based on the stereotype of women taking so long to get ready. But it's he does it in such a hilarious, hilarious manner. I'll send it to you after we wrap up. It's hysterical. Great stuff. And probably my favorite song on this album right now. It's going to change because this album is just, I've, I've had it on repeat for a while. Don't look down. And it's basically about not second guessing yourself and worrying about what other people think and the challenges of being an indie artist, staying true to yourself. Because if you look down, you know, using his metaphor, you're going to spiral and you're just going to get vertigo and just fall into your insecurities. And this song tackles that idea brilliantly. Amazing stuff. Love Homeway Sandman. Yeah, I gotta check that out. I mean, it, it sounds it sounds like. I mean, yeah, I definitely gotta check it out. I haven't I haven't heard of him before, so that's definitely something I just I'm always up to hear something new, you know. And it sounds like it sounds like yeah, he's he's taking it in a new direction. Um, and yeah, I definitely gotta hear that. Yeah, it's like you know, th- there's a lot of like hip hop records that's like, okay, this is for the club, this is for the strip club. But this is just for like just walking about New York City, just chilling at home, driving in your car. It's for every aspect of your life. And I love that. I think it's it's great. So it's been yeah. an interesting 2020. Lots of great music, especially on the second half. But I'm going to ask you a very difficult question before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at all of your favorite albums of the year, from the beginning of the year and now the second half of the year, mm-hmm. do you feel like the music from the first half was better or the music from the second half was better or it doesn't matter? That's really interesting. Um, that is a really difficult question. Uh, I think, I think the music from the first half definitely is its own category and the music from the second half is definitely its own category. I don't know if I can combine them because the first and second half of the year definitely have distinct um, emotions attached to them. Uh, for the, for example, in the first half, I think I put in Phoebe Bridgers, uh, uh, Punisher, because I think that had just come out or was coming out. Um, you really got me into Lido Pimienta. Uh, Pimienta. Oh, I, I listened to that for, oh, I don't know, weeks after that. Like, I, I, I listened to it to run. Like, it was so good. Um, uh, and I don't know, the first half of the year definitely felt more ah, cathartic or, or, or maybe hopeful in some, in some way. Um, and the second half was was its own thing so i think um it's hard for me to choose choose one thing i definitely think the songs the albums from the first half of the year uh 
were more positive. Maybe they, they had a more hopeful twinge to them in the second half. For me, at least they, uh, uh, they had more of a melancholy uh, emotion attached to them, uh, which is why I think it might be hard for me to choose one. If, if there's one album this year that I think stands out, I, th- I think it'd be pretty hard for me to do that. I think I might have uh, two or three because this year is just so hard to put a, put a thumb on, you know, it's hard to figure it out. Um, so for me, it's, it's really hard to pick one. I do think the different two halves of the year have different emotions and different vibes for them. Um, but, but what do you think? I mean, is there one album that stands out among everything else this year? Or do you think, you know, it's hard to choose one, and you know? No, I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head. This, this is a year that it's not like any other year. And it's really hard to, it's really based on like how I felt the, of the year. You know what I mean? Like listening to run the jewels. It's like, this is what I need to hear right now. This is exactly how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then I hear irreversible entanglements. This is literally how I'm feeling right now. And Lido Pimienta, this is how I want to feel. This yeah. this this is like getting me towards the, the end of the year or getting me towards uh, Nirvana, if you will. All the shit that's happened this year. And the second half of the year, listening to Homeboy Sandman, it's like, yep, this is literally what I'm feeling right now. Like everything that I'm, go- I'm going through, it's happening on this album. Like... Homeboy Salmon is an independent artist. He's he's pretty well known on like the underground scene. Um, he's got some love on commercial radio, like Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97 is a big fan of his, and he has him on the show, so he has a, a platform. But he has these struggles as an indie artist. Like there's a lot of people that are more richer, more quote famous or quote unquote successful than him. But it's like he's staying true to himself. And he's making music that's way out way more interesting and a lot more just who he is. You know, a lot of people are just following trends. Like when I look at me doing podcasting, there's a lot of other people that get more likes on social media and what have you. Um, and they're talking about things that everybody else might talk about. But then there's me. I'm talking to the obscure artists or having these strange conversations um, and, and talking to people that are outside of music, too. So and and I look at my numbers and I'm like, I don't give a shit because I'm doing me. And I think this year. It's really hard for me to say the first half or the second half. It's a very difficult question because it just depends on on how I'm feeling. Because now towards the end of the year, I'm feeling more like Lido Pimienta. Um, I'm feeling a little bit like Run the Jewels, a little bit Killer Mike-esque. But I had this kind of optimism, you know, um, leaving the year, even though I still have my same, you know, uh, discretions that I've had throughout the year. But now I'm feeling a little bit better. But... I think Homeboy Sandman's kind of getting me through that. And Beverly, and, um, Beverly, <laughs> True Citron, definitely, with her um, uh, romantic, you know, it's 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 very melancholy, but it kind of gets, it, it has a light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm feeling like that uh, yeah. as well. But yeah, anyway, like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say like, like to, to, you know, I think, I think the overwhelming emotion or, or, or perspective I have on 2020 as we near the end of the year very soon is that it wasn't just one thing. I mean, it wasn't just all bad. It wasn't, it, I mean, not to say all good because it was, wasn't too much that was great about it at all, actually, if anything. But I don't look at 2020 as like this this really awful year. It, it, it was, but I feel the same way in a sense that I do feel hopeful in some sense. I don't even know hopeful for what. Maybe that the year's ending, possibly. That could be it. But definitely taking everything into account from this year, I 
I don't know, I'm looking at all of it holistically like, okay, that was that was a big fucking pill to swallow. Um like that was a lot. That was that's a lot. And it's gonna be a lot in the future, but I don't know, the best thing to do is is to look forward with some hope and, and, and realism. I don't know. I mean it's difficult to process this year, but I think music helps. I think, I mean, I, I actually haven't asked anyone this, but I want to actually uh, uh, run it by you. I, I, um, I definitely feel like there were mental phases in quarantine, like since March, like the beginning, obviously everyone was in the same mental boat of like, everyone's watching Tiger King. Everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's at home baking sour, sourdough bread. Uh, but then it splintered and everyone had different, you know, like I think me, in like August is different from me in September and then October to September is different. Like I think everyone went through so many changes or at least I did. Do you feel like, do you feel like there were phases like emotional and mental phases that you went through this year that um, stand out to you? Cause I, I at least right now for me, uh, December me is different from September me and September me is different from June me like the t- last time we did this. Um, so do you feel like there's that, consistent shift in how you felt this year like that are very different you know does that make sense yeah yeah it does because march me was uncertain like what the fuck is gonna go down and april me was like okay we know what's going on and we can't really control anything so let me just stay the fuck home and just kind of you know think about okay Yes, I can't do all the th- some things, but okay, just stay home, play video games, watch wrestling, listen to lots of music. That's what you all usually do. Go work out a little bit, read a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just I'm I'm doing my me like I'm I'm just doing what I usually do, and, and just everybody in the world has to kind of look at you know, world through like an introverted perspective. And it's very hard for a lot of people to just kind of reset and just take it easy. It's really hard for a lot of people to do that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then June me was like, I'm fucking angry because of everything that, that happened. And it's stuff that's been happening for years. And we saw it on camera. And I was just so mad at everybody. I was mad at Caucasians. And I was mad at people that didn't, you know, that's looking at it as just a political issue. And it's just, I was so angry, but Mm -hmm. then it's just like, now I'm like, I'm not as complacent. I'm not complacent. I'm less angry, but I'm not complacent. And now my, my, you know, I'm looking everything through a different perspective, you know, and I'm just kind of through all aspects of life. I'm just not focused on things I can't control and try to focus on, you know, just kind of enjoying everyday mundaneness of life you know just you know what i mean like just trying to stay the course and be vigilant but not try to take anything for granted that sounds cheesy but this the simple things in life we take for granted mm-hmm. you know just staying home and just binge watching a show is very problematic to some people we can't handle that we have to be quote-unquote normal and we're not in normal times nope. we have to learn how to you know um we have to learn how to just kind of sit back, reflect. We have to learn how to reflect. And I've been learning how to reflect more and not um, just kind of, um, how do I say this? Just kind of thinking more about what you have instead of what you don't have access to. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that's it. Yeah, I think I think that's. I mean, if I'm looking, if I'm trying to put a word on it or, or something, a phrase on it, it's like a period of intense growth and a lot of growing pains as well. I mean, yeah, I look back at March me and I'm like, oh my god, I was terrified, as everyone was, and I'm still scared. But like, I we know more about this now, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel uh, that we can see now. In March, it was just, oh my god, it's like you know when you're going. You're at the top of a roller coaster and you're going down. It's just split second before you go down where you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, this is going to be really bad. Um, and it's still a roller coaster, but we we kind of know we're on this roller coaster now. and We can sort of see, we can deal with it a little better. I mean, I think it's just a year of a lot of growth and growing pains. And um, yeah, things are still not good at all. Um, and there's a lot of work to do in, in many different areas of life and, and society and politics. But um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely like, I think a period of growth and part of that growth is also acknowledging, okay, we're, we're all still here. You know, a lot of us are still here. Um, so, you know, kind of taking pleasure in those, what we would have considered the mundanities of life, you know, a year ago now we're like, oh my God, I get to do this. I get to wake up, I get to wake up, I get to, you know, have coffee in the morning, you know, I get to go to work, you know, even if it's from my couch or desk or whatever, like it's, it's taking pleasure in that stuff and knowing that a lot of people don't have that right now. And that's, that's kind of the biggest thing this year is like, yeah, I don't know, I think we'll be talking about 2020 for the next, for our lifetimes, you know, so it's really hard to know, right now, what the retrospective retrospect is, but um, it's, it's definitely, yeah, I can say that I'm not the same person as I was in January, February, definitely oh, March, no. or even last month. Like, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's also interesting. I think we talked about this before. Like, it, there's been so much pressure on people to, to do stuff during yeah. this time. You, you, you should start a block, you yeah. should start a business, you should do this, you should do. I'm like, why the fuck should I do anything? Yeah. We, we're in a viral outbreak. We gotta, we, gotta, we gotta survive. Yeah. I'm trying to survive a disease. Yeah. I'm waiting on four hours on a, on a line to get, a, um, you know, a COVID shot. I don't got to do shit. The people running the, the, the country and they're running the world, they, they got to make sure that shit is running properly. I don't got to do shit. Yeah. I don't got to do anything but protect myself and my family. That's yeah. what I got to do. Start a fucking business. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I gotta survive. No, I got to vote. That's what I got to do. I got to vote, get tested, make sure I don't fucking gather around too many, too much people. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I got to do. That's our only job. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and it's very hard to like, like we know that we oh, know. That's another thing. Yeah. Find a job. There's some people that don't have a job. Yeah. 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 Like it's, 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 uh, it's just, it's not a normal time. But it's easy to forget that, you know, because you see, I think, unfortunately, people are kind of uh, starting to, to loosen up a little bit. Um, and I stay away from those people, as I think everyone should. Um, and but you see that and you're just like, oh, uh, uh, OK, well, I'm going to continue staying indoors and I'm going to continue not going to like, 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 no, I'm not going to a party. Uh, Oh, to zoom me in. Yeah. FaceTime me in. I'll do that. doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to a goddamn party. Like, um, it's just, it's hard to make that, take that jump and make that leap from 
the before times, which was like, you got to do stuff. You got to start a business. You got to do whatever. You got to be productive. You got to be the best capitalist you can possibly be. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck that. Now it's like, but it's really, it was really hard and is really hard, I think, to make that shift from that mentality to just, okay, just survive, you know, just survive right now because that's really what you should be focusing on. Like, I think a lot of the time I beat myself up for like, oh, fuck, you didn't do enough today. And it's like, well, hold on, wait. We're in the middle of a pandemic that we haven't had in over a hundred years. Like, chill out. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Watch that TV show. Like, it's fine. You're home. You're safe. Like, a lot of people don't have that luxury of of, of being safe or alive right now. So it's just, it's really hard to make that shift. But it's, it's. Um, I think that's part of what 2020 has is, is taught me is like, that adaptability is really important and letting yourself off the hook, you know, away from those people who are like, you gotta, you gotta do this. You gotta do that. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't gotta do shit. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do nothing today. Like it's, we all have one job, one job only stay the fuck away from people. Yep. And I was doing that pretty well before this anyway. So like, I, yeah, I just going to stay away from people and uh, continue wearing my mask. Um, and do everything. So for everyone listening, obviously, if people, whoever's listening to this, like they, they're, they're not not wearing a mask, like I'm pretty sure, you know, they're really good about it. So continue wearing a mask, um, stay away from everyone that you can. And just just hang out and listen to music and, and do what you want to do, you know, yeah, play some video games. Yeah, I, it's great. I want to start doing that. I don't have a system, but I definitely, you know, got to start doing that again. So take the pleasures and take the small pleasures because it is the small things, you know, music included. That's it. Yeah. All right. With that, that's it for 2020. And Peter yeah. A, Connor, thanks again for thanks. coming back and wrapping the year up again. Thanks for having me. This is yeah. uh, an unprecedented year, but I think uh, there's been a lot of good music that's come out this year. So we have a lot of stuff to listen to. And um, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Now, in 2021, I got to stop repeating words because I said again like 30 times <laughs> just now. <laughs> yeah. You said again, again? Um, yeah. No, but yeah, no, I think it's, I, I didn't even notice that. Um, I I got to stop saying um, uh, which you'd think for being on the never radio for happen. so long. No, no one's ever going to, um is never going away. No, no. I mean, from all the years of being on the radio, I still, the habit that's still there, you know? So yeah. I, and I haven't had a radio show in well, half long it was, 10 months march i don't know so whatever some habits are hard to kick but 2021 is is uh is right around the corner so here we go oh yeah yeah all right thanks connor all right thanks